Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. This is the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner with Frankie Mackay on SENZ. Good morning and welcome along to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. I'm your host, Frankie Mackay, and between 7 and 8 this morning, we're going to chat all things Canterbury sport. Of course, it is Test Match Rugby back to the Garden City for the first time in six years. Good news from Christchurch is it's dry, it's still, and forecast to continue that way as well. Around 7.30, we're going to catch up with rugby legend Richard Lowe, and he's going to give us his thoughts ahead of today's uh, big match between the All Blacks and the Pumas. Of course, it feels like every week I say it's a big week of sport, but on the rugby theme as well, it's... It's first 15 rugby championship final today up in up in Nelson. St. Bede's head up. They're taking on Nelson College. It was delayed a week because of the flooding up there. So best of luck to those two teams as well. It's been huge. The Black Ferns last week put 50 points on Australia. They play again 2.45 this afternoon. Uh, it just makes for a great day of sport, a great opportunity to just put your feet up and watch everything there is to offer. Unfortunately, the mainland Pōkai, their their finals, well, they didn't go that well. Their season's over. They they lost their semi-final last night. However, last night, some good news. Canterbury MPC side, they were big winners. 52-20 over Tasman. I'm not sure everyone picked that result. Slightly soured, unfortunately, with the, the loss of Cullen Grace. Looked like he came off with a nasty shoulder injury. So... We wish him well. There's been netball going on. The Black Caps have had their first win, ODI Series win in the West Indies as well. So all happening in that netball as well. The final's coming up Tuesday night. We're going to catch up with Lincoln Sharpshooter Tiana Placid just after 7.15 this morning. And, of course, we'll have the panel coming to, to close the show. We'll have Mike Thorpe. We'll have Garth Galloway. He's coming back. He's, he's a returning guest, so he'll be in the hot seat once again. You'll have Frankie's Five. And this week, that's, that's going to have an interesting theme to it. You may say... Why an interesting theme? But I'm going to go sports biographies. And with our first interview, it's coming right to you. That'll explain a little bit as to why I went sports biographies for this week. Right, well, this one, this is a really special chat for me as it actually combines two of my absolute passions. The first one you might possibly have picked up on already being cricket. The second one, maybe slightly lesser known, is books. It's reading. So I'm thrilled to have the chance to chat with a cricket legend who's just enjoyed a successful book launch. The man really needs no introduction, but I'll give him one anyway. He's equal most test match appearances for New Zealand with 112. Most matches played for New Zealand with a whopping 450 games. Most runs for New Zealand, most ODI hundreds, most catches for New Zealand. There's barely a record the man doesn't hold. Of course, it's Ross Taylor. Ross, thanks so much for joining. Uh, You've just finished up a a pretty successful book tour. How, How was it? I hate Frankie. Um, yeah, no, it's been awesome. I never really thought at the start of my career I would have ever uh, written a book. Um, so, yeah, it's been successful. Um, bestseller uh, two weeks in a row. So, um, yeah, it must be an interesting read. Yeah, that's a pretty good way to start straight to the top. So if it's not something that you, you always thought you'd do, how, how does that come about? At what moment does, is it someone suggests it to you? Is, is it people start joking about writing a book how, how do you get to stage that you think yeah i'm i'm gonna write one 
Um, I think I first I first got the seed sown to me by Gilbert and Oka. Um, we were we were going through the Captain C issue, and uh, he said, "Ross, um, you know, don't forget what's happening to you at the moment because this will be a good book." So um, another six or seven months later, met with the publishers um, in 2013. Uh, talked about the what happened in the captaincy, got it off my chest. It was very therapeutic, and um, I guess you know I just wanted to play cricket and and play as long as I could, knowing that um, you know one day I would be able to tell my side of the story, and um, and here we are uh, today. Yeah, so quite some time from from 2013 to now to get it done. How do you, I guess, how do you go about? Paul Thomas was involved. How do you go about picking someone to work with and, and creating, I guess, a relationship where you feel like you, you can chat to them? I, I read in your book that all your sessions with Paul were, were done over Zoom. I'm sure that had some challenges to go with it as well. Yeah, I think we're probably fortunate that it was uh, October, November last year um, during during lockdown in Auckland and Hamilton. Um, you know, we're, we're in lockdown. So um, I met him in August just after the... Um, just after the World Cup win, uh, and my sports psychologist, Gil, um, Gary Hermanson, thought that uh, I told him that I was writing a book, and he thought that Paul Thomas would be a good a good fit. So I only met him once, um, 30, 40 hours of Zooms, and probably equal amount of phone calls. Um, I met Paul um, on Saturday last week uh, for the second time, uh, going home to Masterton. He was the he interviewed me um, at my old club, and it was good to see him again. But uh, yeah, to, to think that technology's moved so far, and we could write a book only meeting each other once, uh, or now twice, uh, still, I still can't believe we did it. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty special. And how's, I guess, how's the reception been? Have Have there been people, you know, get in touch? Has anyone got in touch to say that they thought they deserved a mention, or or maybe if people got in touch to say, actually, I didn't quite like how you mentioned me. No, I haven't. Uh, I haven't had. I haven't had the la- the latter. I definitely have had a few friends and family going. Oh, yeah, he only talked about <laughs> me once. Um, so yeah, I mean, no, I think it's been uh, well received so far. I think obviously it's um, you're not really sure the the way the media are going to go when the excerpts and and obviously they get their hands on the book and which way they want to go. Um, a lot was made of the racism. Um, you know, I touch on it, and it would have been remiss of me not to have touched on it. But uh, I think that was probably blown out of proportion. With some of the headlines and um, that were made in there, but no, I've been surprised that you know none of the cricket journalists to pick up on well-being or awards been taken off me and um, and a lot of the captaincy stuff. But um, you know, as I write in the book, um, you know, a lot of the a lot of these people have relationships with different uh, people, and um, you know, they probably find it hard to to go out there because yeah, I still haven't really read much um, you know online about positive or negative stories. Um, so I guess they must be. They must be pretty busy. <laughs> yeah, well, you could say that. Do you, do you have a favourite part? Is there a is there a chapter? Is there an anecdote? Is there something that sticks out that you think, yeah, that's that's my favourite part of, of I guess my own book. Uh, well, I think the forward by Martin Crowe was uh, pretty emotional and, and something that um, is a fantastic start to the book. Uh, he sent it to me um, two days before I got uh, the start of the Perth test, which I got two ninety, and I genuinely believe I probably wouldn't have got. Um, 290 if he hadn't uh, sent that through. Um, you know, it was something that he passed probably five or six months after receiving the forward and something that I referred back to uh, long after he passed to, I suppose, get the connection with him, but um, just to give me a prompt and to, I guess, motivate myself and uh, reset uh, every now and then as you, as you had to do in, in this game of cricket. So 
yeah, I think there's a lot of things I um, I think that are interesting. There's so many different layers to the book, but um, you know that that start talks uh, a pretty good way to to get into the book. Yeah, and and you touch on a lot throughout the book. You speak about it a lot throughout your career as as the influence that that Martin Crow had on you as a mentor. Is is that something that you might see yourself trying to do similar for for current players now? I've been asked um, by a couple of players already um, since I've retired. Um, you know, player in the black caps and, and young players coming through the central district ranks and, and in their current setup. So uh, you play 450 games to your country. There's a lot of knowledge. Um, you know, you need to be able to pass that on. And um, you know, Hogan was pretty hard on me at different stages. So I'll, I'll be a little bit uh, easier on these guys than Hogan was with me. But um, no, I I look forward to helping people out. And, I had a lot of help and support from uh, numerous people and, and Hogan was just one of them. Uh, so if I can help out a guy and, or girl in any of their careers, um, you know, I'm always willing to help. And it seems that, that coaching seems to be of an interest to a lot of former New Zealand captains, Fleming, McCullum, Vittori, they, they've all gone into it. Is, is coaching somewhere that you, you see yourself? You, you spoke a little bit about uh, wanting to, to promote the game, especially to young Pacifica. Is, is coaching a way that you could perhaps do that? Yeah, I mean, it just shows you I'm, I like doing things differently and I've gone away from that side of it. I just started a new job at the beginning of the month um, with an equities company in Auckland, so um, Castle Point. But no, coaching, I think you're always going to be around cricket um, and not necessarily in a head coaching role like uh, the players you mentioned, you know, passing on knowledge and the mentor, batting, all those other little roles. Um, you know, I'll still be around the game of cricket, but not never say never, but at this stage... As I said, I'm passionate about contributing back to uh, the Pacific Island community and, um, you know, I suppose just bringing awareness to the game um, and promoting it uh, is is just as effective. And, of course, you have retired from international cricket, but I did happen to see your name in the Big Bash draft, which is coming up Sunday. Is... Is that something you you sit around and watch the draft to see see where you go and, and what's happening there? Is it just a, you know, you put it out of your mind and if you get a phone call at the end of the day that says, hey, you're off to wherever, then then that's a win. And if not, then then that's just what happens. Yeah, I think the... Oh, I definitely won't be watching the, um, the draft. <laughs> um, I think everyone thinks that I'm retired. I'm, I thought I'd, I made it clear when I retired I was only retiring from um, international cricket. But, uh, yeah... Um, you know, it'd be cool to go over and play in the Big Bash. I played for Victoria back in 2010. Um, before, you know, it was called the Big Bash back then, but it wasn't the franchise league that it is now. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed my time over there. And, um, you know, if it comes comes about, then look forward to uh, getting over there. If not, I look forward to playing for Central Districts uh, in the coming uh, summer and uh, getting back into cricket. Cause it, it feels like it was a while ago uh, since I played. Uh, I head off next month to, to India to play in some... Uh, Legends League, so um, yeah, it's been a while, I've enjoyed the family time, but I look forward to playing some cricket as well. Yeah, the Legends League coming up, I must say you're probably a little bit better prepared than, than some of the others. I saw Shane Bond the other day and he wasn't he wasn't lif- really looking forward to having a steam in off, I mean he's he's only talking steaming in off a few paces, but yeah, I think he might have uh, a little bit more of a struggle than, than you getting back out there and, and getting back into cricket, but uh, are you talking about playing for the Stags, is that, is that going to be Red Bull cricket as well? Are you hoping to, to be involved in, in the four-day stuff or are we just going to see white ball cricket, Ross Taylor, blatting it everywhere at Pookie Park? No, I make myself available. The only problem is I've signed on as an ICC ambassador. Um, so I've got to go to the 2020 World Cup in Australia. So we'll miss the first couple of rounds of 
um, blanket shield. But uh, no, I still I still love playing all forms of the game. And as you've seen in the past, when players just play one or two formats of the game, their drop off is is quite considerable. So being able to play those longer innings or or having the ability to, um, you know, hopefully can, um, especially when you bat in the middle order, you don't get you don't get that time to to get yourself in like the openers do in the white ball game. So no, I'm, I still enjoy playing uh, red ball cricket and I look forward to playing the CD. Hopefully um, at some stage. Yeah, can't wait to see it. Uh, has the family enjoyed having you around a bit more? I'm sure the kids have enjoyed Dad being at Saturday morning sport. Yeah, I think so. I think they, um, I think there was probably a time where, because Dad's only home for the two or three weeks normally, um, they probably got sick of me. But um, <laughs> once we worked each other out and um, things, they probably didn't. They probably didn't like Dad telling them off as much because um, <laughs> he was home for for a long time. But um, no, it was nice to go. And, See their Saturday sports and netball during the week, um, you know, because it's something that you don't really get to do as often when you're playing. So Mackenzie played. I watched Mackenzie play three games of netball her whole career and was able to watch three in a row. So um, you know that was pretty cool. Yeah, it sounds awesome. And then look, you know, my my question was going to be around what's next. You've already got ICC ambassador. Sounds a really tough gig having to head over to to T20 <laughs> World Cup. I did hear. I think Smithy giving you a, a bit of stick that you're having to go over to Fiji. What a what a tough life. Got a bit of work yeah, going on with yeah. Castle Point. Legends League coming up. Big Bash. Uh, does it actually feel like you've retired, or or is it just pretty much constantly go 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 with next opportunities coming up? Yeah, I think um, I guess your your mind you're so used to you know going out to bat in a couple of days' time, so you don't really switch off. I guess, but um, you know, it has been nice to switch off like, straight after the. Um, you know, my last game for New Zealand, we were editing the book for a good month or so. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's been pretty, pretty good, but I'm used to having a quite a busy lifestyle. So, um, it has been quiet in the last couple of months, but, uh, it's going to be pretty busy from now on. And so not a bad, not a bad place to be. You'd rather be too busy than, uh, not doing anything at all. Oh, exactly. That's, isn't it? They always say if you want something done, give it to a busy person. So I'm sure there'll be plenty for you to do over the over the coming summer. And I really look forward to, to seeing what you get up to as well. And, and I really enjoyed the book, thoroughly enjoyed it. The librarian in me obviously was first on the reserve list to, to get it in hand and, and have a read. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, and I hope you're really proud of it as well because I think it is a, a great effort to, to get a book done and some of the messages in it as well are, are really positive. So yeah, a big a big congrats for me and, and I hope there's lots of positive feedback to come from it. And, and a big thanks as well for taking some time to, to have a chat with us here. No, thanks, thanks Frankie. And I suggest you read it again too, I reckon. Um, I've read it 15 or 16 times and I pick up things. So that's a story about me. So I'm sure if I can pick up things, then other people should read it a couple of times To I'm sure they'll pick up on some, some other things. But yeah, thanks for having me and glad you enjoyed the read. I appreciate it. I'm sure it's a good Christmas present. Father's Day coming up as well and all good bookstores have got it and of course the librarian and me has to promote that all your local libraries will have it as well. So definitely check it out. Black and White, it's Ross Taylor's book. Uh, it's an excellent read and, and it's been wonderful to chat to the, the great man Ross Taylor today. Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. Your home for all sport from Christchurch and beyond. You're listening to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner. With Frankie Mackay on SENZ. Well, time to talk a little bit of netball now. It's coming up to finals time here in Christchurch. 
Premier Netball Competition. They play Tuesday nights. Lincoln Uni will be taking on UC Tuesday night in the Battle of the Universities. Lincoln, well, they're fighting hard to go back to back, and so we thought we'd get the inside word from the Lincoln Uni camp this morning. We're joined by Goal Attack, one man hype squad, all round good sort, Tiana Placid. Good morning, T. How are you? <laughs> Morena, I'm good, thank you. Yourself? I am great. Look, you guys had a massive win over Saints, 58-43 in the semi-final. You're the top qualifier. The last time you played UC, I think you absolutely did them by, I think, 19. You guys are going to be feeling pretty good coming into finals time. Yeah, we're actually feeling pretty good this year, I must say. However, um, we definitely know that UC have some very fantastic individuals. um, And when they do come together, um, they play pretty well. And I think with anything, as you know, Frankie, um, finals is definitely a different kettle of fish. Yeah, and, and it's actually a big game today for your, your Prem 2 side as well. They've got a final 9.30 this morning taking on St Margaret's. be nice to win them both, wouldn't it? But, but what's going on out at Lincoln Uni? What's in the water? <laughs> it's a good question, actually. Um, I must say, I think it's got something to do with um, our awesome coach, Andrea Cousins who um, is actually from Ashburton. Um, the way she uh, ha- uh, knows us and, and really shows us what we need to do, she's very straight to the point, which we all love. And um, I think a lot of the time we go out and play is for her. She's got a lot of passion and knowledge. Yeah, it's awesome to hear. So, so what's been the big focus before the, the big game coming up on Tuesday? Um, we have really looked at um, and uh, analysed how you, uh, uni uh, can ever uni play. The reason being is because um, we want to make sure that we can break down their defensive patterns, but also um, look at their structures to make sure that we aren't bombarded with any like nothing that we haven't seen before. And if we just stick to our processes, um, we should be good, hopefully. Yeah, I like it. You mentioned they've got some some reasonably handy players and and some some pretty good young talent coming through as well. Who who are some players you've got to watch out for for the from that UC side? Yeah, they've got um some. I don't know what the new word is for like. I think it's like Beko players or something. Um, got yeah, the yeah. likes of uh, Losa Fakukatel. Oh no, not Fakukatel. Fanganuku, I think. Um, and Julia Weinard, who are. Beautiful defenders, um, so they are two to look out for. Um, and then down the shooting end as well, they've got the likes of uh, Vika and Lena Pali, and they are honestly stunning, stunning shooters. And so um, they bring some awesome flair and flavour to netball here in Christchurch. So it's going to be a really exciting game to watch. Yeah, I think you guys actually match up quite well in, in terms of style. From my obviously super educated uh, five foot six, uh, no fast twitch fibers netball point of view. But but what about your side? What what are some some players that have who's impressed you so far this season? Um, someone that's really impressed me is Rotary, um our captain Laura Dorgan. She's our centre, and oh my goodness, if I could have her fitness, I would want it hands <laughs> down. She just goes and goes and goes. And even in the semi-finals against Saints, um, she got an intercept in the first 10 seconds. Um, another consistent player and someone who's incredible is Tash Ryan, who is our vice-captain. She's goal defence. Um, she is a grinder and um, really just puts the foot down and really shows us that we just need to keep going, keep grinding and trust the process. Um, our shooter, Hannah Glenn, 
um, me being a goal attack. I like to say I'm a third feeder. Me and shooting like aren't it. really friends. Like and it. so she just puts up all the shots and they just keep going and the hoop. It's great. Huh, well, it's clearly working, isn't it? Top qualifier, you're doing something yeah. right. So continue on with, with that third feeder role. But I'm going to go slightly off netball just for a little second here. You missed a little bit because you headed away to, to go and be outstanding at another sport. Can you tell me a little about about that trip and, and the sport that you're actually playing as well? Yeah, so um, I managed to make this team called Fistball. And um, the name is outrageous as it sounds. Um, <laughs> it's practically volleyball on a soccer field. One hand, one bounce volleyball. And um, a good friend of both of ours, actually, Lou Sayer, um, got me involved. And she said, T, if you come to America, it's all you can eat. And I was like, well, I'm there. Oh, you're in. And anyways, we went to um, this thing called the World Games in Birmingham, Alabama. So not UK, but Alabama. And it's like the Div 2 of the Olympics. So all the sports that haven't made it into the Olympics yet, that's the World Games. And it was phenomenal, 4,000 um, if different athletes from 30 to 40 different sports and it was the best experience I've ever had. I loved it and I'm hooked and I can't wait for the next one. Oh, sounds like an absolutely fabulous trip. I'm a little bit jealous but final word, what kind of game are we expecting Tuesday and are you prepared to give us uh, who you think might be coming out on top? <laughs> um it's going to be a game, an exciting game. We both bring different flavours um, of netball. I think we're quite um, structured and quite fast, whereas um, UC is potentially quite flary and have some really good nuggety players. Um, I do think it's going to be the team that comes together that's going to win. And it has to be Lincoln University. Like, I can't say the other team. Let's be honest. Yeah, of course. Of course. Look, that's where my <laughs> money is as well, T. So, look, thanks so much for, for giving us a bit of your time this morning. We could talk this for hours, I'm sure. But best of luck for Tuesday's game. Give it heaps in, and, of course, go well. Easy. Much appreciated, Frankie. Catch you later. Well, that was Lincoln University netballer Tiana Placid ahead of their final Tuesday night at 7.30 at Pioneer Stadium. Sounds like it's going to be a cracker of a game. So if you want to head on down, give them a bit of support. Cheer T on. I'm sure she would appreciate it. Quick break time here for us and we'll be back with your Kevlar Holmes rugby update with Richard Lowe. Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. Your home for all sport from Christchurch and beyond. You're listening to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner with Frankie Mackay on SENZ. Test match week here in Christchurch. The All Blacks are in town. They are taking on Argentina. And this Canterbury Rugby update brought to you by Kevlar Holmes, proud partner of Canterbury Rugby. It's outstanding to have Test match rugby back here in Christchurch. It's been six years since the All Blacks have been here in Christchurch. And, of course, we're, we're going to talk a little bit of rugby now. And I've got one of the best, most knowledgeable people in the game to, to share their views with me, Richard Lowe represented New Zealand on 78 occasions, played 50 test matches, captain New Zealand, now writes columns and shares his views on the game and lucky enough to have him join me here today. Richard, thanks so much for your time. How are you going? Are you excited leading into this test match? I'm good, uh, Frankie, thanks. And it gives us something, uh, sharing sheep uh, this week, so it gives us something for the sharers, the shed hands, everyone to talk about. Uh, get, I went down to 
Geraldine and spoke at a Lions function earlier this week and that was the only subject they wanted to talk about. So, yeah, it's great to have it back after six years and I, I just wonder, is it just a carrot seeing someone decided to build a stadium maybe? Yeah, well, I think, I think it gets everyone a little bit more interested, doesn't it, when, when you start to think, oh, we could be sitting inside watching these games as well, but it is, it is brilliant to have it back. Um, you know, it, it, is, it is a topic that people love to talk about, All Blacks. It gets everyone, gets everyone chatting, gets tongues wagging when things aren't going so well. They've copped a bit of flack recently, but where do you see them at the moment? Where do you see this All Black side? Uh, last their last outing, I must admit, I got up uh, half an hour before the game started and made a cup of coffee and watched it over there in South Africa, and were very pleased in the result. They bounced back. Um, I think they've been floundering up until then, and you know all the troubles gone around the team with coaching. Yeah, sure. You know, I was in the camp that probably didn't think Ian Foster was the right person for the job, but the way the New Zealand Rugby Union handled the situation I thought was disgraceful and it should have been handled a hell of a lot better, especially when they just reappointed him for another two years last year and, uh, you know, more and Plumtree only six months into, if that, into their contract, uh, were pushed out the back door. The way they were treated and the way they handled the situation was bad and I think... Um, whether it was, I think some of the selections were a bit off too, but what the changes that have happened and you start up front with Young De Groot and uh, Fletcher Newell coming into the side and uh, Lomax, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have put Lomax up that high, but, um, you know, they're performing, they're doing it. So if they perform again uh, Saturday evening, it makes it very hard for those older players to be sniffing. Yeah, well... I mean, you were a front rower yourself. You know what it's like being in the engine room. Do you like the look of our front row? There's these young guys coming in. You'd traditionally say it's a position that you, you mature into, but there's some, there's some young fellas coming in and, and stirring things up a bit. Do you like what you see from them? Yeah, I do, and um, it was quite interesting because way back in February, beginning of um, the super competition, Hamish Mackay asked me the same question, you know, about what did I think and et cetera, and I said, uh, and we started with the front row, and I said, my four young props to make a move, this Ollie Norris from uh, the Waikato, Tamati Williams, Fletcher Newell, and, uh, uh, and Young De Groot. And I said, the last three probably need the fridge door and the gym door shut and they need to get running, get fit, because I think they're very, very good players. And, well, two of them have come through, but the one thing I couldn't believe was when Foster turned around and said the group wasn't in the Irish uh, series because he wasn't fit. All of a sudden, he got fit, went back to South and got fit. So the question's asked there, what were the trainers of fitness gurus from the All Blacks and the Highlanders doing here to have him play a whole year of Super Rugby and not be fit. Yeah, well, you you had it pegged, didn't you? You you had them that yeah. they needed so to get a few more miles those, in the league. So, yeah, yeah, I think those players there have got a big future. And someone said, "What would you say to Fletcher all just before his um, debut in Africa?" And I said, "Well, it's quite simple. If you make a good show of it, you'll be here for a decade or more." So I think the world's their oyster, and you know. The way they're playing, if they play, keep playing that way, I, you know, the the three Auckland front rowers, one one's disappeared to France already. I don't think, you know, their their time in the black jersey might have come to an end just because these young fellas are performing. Yeah, and and talk about 
Fletcher Newell. We had his dad Arnold on last week to have a chat, and, and he's a very proud dad, and and spoke about how how Fletcher is is a man of of few words, but just goes out and and gets the job done. He debuted at Alice Park. How how special is it going to be for him running out at home, and and also for the the other Canterbury lads as well? You know, first time playing at home in six years, first time playing at home for some of them, just full stop. What's that going to be like for them? Yeah, sounds a bit strange, doesn't it? Six years between drinks for Christchurch and, you yeah. know, that's all the stadium, I suppose. But uh, some of those debutants, uh I think, uh, you know, Will Jordan's one too. Last time mm. a test match was played um, in Christchurch, they're only teenagers, if not still at uh, finishing school. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy to think, isn't it? I think... Fletcher yeah. might have been maybe 16 the last time the, the Test match rugby was played here. So, yeah, it's it's massive. I'm sure it's going to be massive for them. But but how important is it for the region as well to have All Blacks rugby in front of you, to have kids and, and people who love the game being able to, to see it live in the flesh? Yeah, they can get along to the stadium, but only a handful because it's not, you know, Aaron Seary is not very uh, accommodating in numbers-wise. Uh, so, you know, what I think it's great that they can get along to open days and see them train and have them in town is a big, big plus for them. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you think we can expect from the, the Pumas? They're coming off a, a massive win against Australia, 31 points in it. They beat the All Blacks for the first time back in 2020. What, what kind of what game are you expecting from them? I think Checker and Co have got them playing a bit more expansive and, you know, um, they all play a lot of rugby around the world, whether it be for the Crusaders or right through the European club system. And I think they've become more professional and able to stick to the game plan for a longer period of time. And, you know, when I say stick to a game plan, they, they I got up the other week uh, after watching, went, oh, I went out and that's right and came back in after the All Black test that flicked on the TV and there was 75 minutes gone. I saw the last two tries that Argentine scored. And, you know, the Wallabies just lost the plot, I think. They just capitulated. I don't know what their problem was. We're not really worried seeing their Australians. But the Argies, they, they must they stuck to their task right through the full 80-plus minutes. And, you know, that's great to see. And, uh, you know, they must, Checkers must have his starting 15 correct. He must have his... Uh, subs that come on and actually do something, it is great to see. And then, I guess, final word, what do we need to see more of from the All Blacks? Where's the game going to be won? Uh, it's an old cliche. It's going to be one up front. And if we don't, the All Blacks don't impose themselves on the Argentinian and put pressure there and give our back good front foot ball, then our backs won't be able to shine. And we saw that in the, the, the um, test over in South Africa, uh, the first test, for example, they they are always on the back foot. And when Richie Moanga came on the field, he was still it was still on the back foot. He could do nothing. The second test, the Fords dominated, or you know imposed themselves. I wouldn't say dominated was the wrong word. Imposed themselves on South Africa. Therefore, we had front foot ball, and Richie was able to set the back line alight. And that we must do. We must have dominance up front. Otherwise, it doesn't play through the team. And really, from a front rower, would I expect you to say anything else other than it's got to be one up front, got to muscle up, got to impose themselves on the game. And, and, and I love that. I think that's absolutely the way to go. We've got some of the best backs in the world, but you've got to get that front football. You've got to get 
got to get yourself into the game with your pack. So that's what I, I, I'm hoping to see. I'm sure you'll be exactly the same. Are you, are you heading along to the game or are you going to be watching from home this week? No, uh, a few of us have organised um, a little get-together and that's what it will be. Um, well, I'm about an hour out of town, so, you know, probably save myself a couple of hours driving and, uh, you know, socialising. It's a long way to come and uh, get back from. So, no, we, we're going to be definitely watching it and I think the uh, good curtain raiser might be watching the woman over in Aussie. Oh, I love to hear it. Black Ferns absolutely outstanding last week. Hope they can do the same this week, this time over in Aussie. Richard, thanks so much for your time. It's been excellent to chat. Uh, thanks for all your, your views on the game. It's, it's been absolutely brilliant. So thanks for your time. Thank you, and uh, look after yourself. Yeah, you too, you too. That was Richard Lowe, uh, an absolute legend of the game, an absolute legend of Canterbury Rugby, of New Zealand Rugby, and that is your Canterbury Rugby update brought to you by Kevlar Holmes, a proud partner of Canterbury Rugby, and, of course, test match in Christchurch for the first time in six years. Let's get behind those All Blacks and cheer them on against Argentina tonight. S-E-N-Z. It's time for Frankie's Five. Well, on the back of Ross Taylor's book chat this morning, I thought, oh, I've, I've got to really go sports biographies here. So Frankie's Five this week, all about the books. Number one, I'm going to start you off with Open by Andre Agassi. You don't have to be a tennis fan to enjoy this one. It's raw. He's certainly open, and he really just talks you through the highs and lows of, of tennis and life. Number two, I'm going Moneyball, the Michael Lewis biography of the 2002-2003 Oakland Athletics baseball team. Uh, analytical, evidence-based approach to recruiting on, on a minimal budget. Yes, there's a movie on it as well, if that's more your scene. Number three, Touching the Void by Joe Simpson. This is just a remarkable story of survival against the odds. It's, it's definitely one to check out. Number four, I'm going Kobe Bryant's The Mamba Mentality. It just gives such an insight into his mindset, his training, his drive to be the best. That's that's always been a favourite. And number five, there had to be a cricket one sneak in there. No, it's not Mark Richardson's book. I'm sure he would love it to be. Craig McMillan, Stephen Fleming, they're probably saying the same. It's not. I've actually gone former Australian cricketer Justin Langer, The Power of Passion. Why I've gone with that one is uh, I actually borrowed it off Gary Stead one year. It, it sat in my cricket bag. I had little post-it notes on it. And one day I bumped into Justin Langer in an airport and said, Mate, would you, ma- would you mind signing something for me? And uh, the look on his face when I pulled out his uh, tatty dog-eared book that had been living in my cricket bag for years uh, was one I'll never forget. So he sneaks into my number five spot. And that is once again... Frankie's Five for the week. Enterprise, the recruitment company improving people's lives for over 50 years. Your home for all sport from Christchurch and beyond. You're listening to the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner with Frankie Mackay on SENZ. Almost to the end of the show here. It is time for the panel. Brought to you by Malray Electric, putting the spark into Canterbury Rugby. Well, Garth Galloway, he joins us again. That's that's good signs he's brave enough to get back in the hot seat. And alongside him this week, News Hub Christchurch Bureau Chief Mike Thorpe. Welcome to you both. Let's crack in. Let's talk All Blacks. Mike, how good is it having Test Match footy back in Christchurch? Yeah, morning, Frankie. It's so good. Um, I just wish the buzz was a little bit more than it is at the moment. Uh, disappointing to see that tickets are still available. Uh, I, don't, I think it's about six years since we last had a test. And, and probably the downside is that it's Argentina again. We'd love to see one of those big tier nations. 
But then we start to get into that can of worms of uh, is Orange Theory Stadium up to a big tier nation like that. So I wish it was a, there was more of a buzz around town. Um, but at the same time, I'm certainly excited uh, that the ABs are back in town. Yeah, absolutely. I'm heading along. Garth, how about you? Is it is it a concern actually that, that in Christchurch we're not selling out the stadium, or are we just are we just sick of the stadium? We're ready for a new one. <laughs> I, I think we might be sick of it. Really, I mean, it was wonderful when it came in, and I remember, you know, after the earthquakes, it was it, it was kind of a revelation. Really, it was great having rugby there, and I think people have probably just got sick of it. And, and then, of course, there's the, the debate over the new stadium, which has been divisive. Um, I, but, but then you hear the players talking and the excitement and the Crusaders players, Frankie, some of them playing their first test in Christchurch. So, you know, it will be a special occasion. I agree with Mike. It was, it's a pity about ticket sales. But I think, um, and, and I must say for our listeners too, it's an absolutely beautiful day here in Christchurch. It's stunning. So, um, yeah, it, it's always exciting to have test rugby in the city, but I can understand that it's a little bit damper than usual in terms of the mood. Uh, bring on the new stadium. And, of course, the All Blacks... Form's been a little bit patchy, but coming off a win, Foster's been confirmed as the coach. Is this actually, is the pressure now off, Mike? Is the pressure off Foster? They've had a win, he's confirmed he's, he's going to be in the job right the way through to the World Cup. Or is it actually, the only way to take that pressure off is, is to start winning and, and start doing it pretty quickly? You know, I reckon every single game from here to the World Cup is Alice Park. It's all well and good. Robinson came, coming out and saying he's our, he's our man through to the World Cup. But imagine, imagine, dare I say it, if they lose tonight. We're straight back to where we were before that great win at Alice Park. So I don't think the pressure is, is going to be off. I think the public pressure will remain. Um, and as much as public favour sort of started to rally behind Foster after that win at Alice Park, that could all evaporate after 80 minutes tonight. So fascinating game ahead for, um, for political reasons. Yeah, absolutely. I think that pressure stays stays right on. And, and Garth, I'm I'm sure you're probably in the same camp. You think there, there's going to be a lot of pressure on this All Blacks t- side. It's going to be a lot of pressure still on on Ian Foster. But do you like the lineup he's gone with for for tonight's match? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I do. I mean, we're talking about you know those, I suppose the talking points again. You've got. To, I think he has to play Moanga at first five. I thought he made a huge difference at Ellis Park. He got the the, the back line. You know. I just think the way he moves across the field and his passing just set the back line away. He got good ball from his forwards as well. There's always a debate about um, Jordan and, and uh, Barrett. You know, Jordan, I think, is, is probably the better fullback of the two. Uh, but then Barrett's a class player. And if you want to play, if you want to get both of them on the field, then I think Jordan will be, is, is the better wing. So that, that for me, they're, they're, they're the areas of contention. I think he has got it right. I think the pressure remains on Foster, as you say. Uh, but I think in his mind, having won at Ellis Park, he'll be, um, you know, he might be thinking a bit more freely. And Jason Ryan's clearly made a huge difference to that forward pack. They look completely different strategically. Yeah, absolutely. And let's go on to cricket now. Of course, we'd have to chat some cricket. There's an upcoming <laughs> upcoming Chapel Hadley series. It's just around the corner. We're about to play Australia in, in three ODI matches. Are you a little bit worried, Garth, that there's there's actually not, there's not the normal amount of hype around it. Are we just? Is there just so much cricket in the calendar now? It's saturated, and and we're not that fussed. Actually, we're going to Aussie to play them. 
Well, it's interesting because, be, again, you, you listen to people like Daryl Mitchell saying that they've always, you know, they grew up watching this, which is a sign of how, how much older we're all getting. But, um, you, you know, and, and you'll remember the series in the past with McCullum, it's a fantastic series, uh, mm. a five-match series uh, that New Zealand won. Yeah, I mean, I suppose part of the part of the issue perhaps is it's being played in September. It's been, you know, all three matches are in Cairns. Um, I, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to it, actually. I thought they, you know, they paced their, their chase in the third game against the West Indies really well. Latham was impressive, wasn't he? And I, but this young side, um, you know, there are some young players and Allen's just played seven matches. Conway's only played six one-day internationals. Uh, at Mitchell seven, and a lot of these players have, you know, they've played their games against uh, Ireland, Scotland, the Netherlands, and now the West Indies. And this is a huge step up for them. They'll be relying, you know, very much on, on building things around Guptill, uh, Williamson, Santner, whose who's record in one day cricket is very good. And of course, you know, the old the oldies, uh, Saudi and Bolt over there. So should be a good series. I think. I, I just think our batters might struggle a little bit against the quality of Australia. Tends to always be the way a little bit, doesn't it? That's the that's the real acid test to head over there and score runs. How about you, Mike? Are you liking what you see from the Black Caps? Have you got any any concerns heading into that? I I love what this team's doing. I think it's shaping up really nicely. But so I think Garth makes some good points with uh, the, some of the lack of depth there. Um, it's been 13 years since the Black Caps last won an ODI on Australian soil, and there's only yeah. two players in that squad that have actually um, enjoyed that success. And it's not Williamson and it's not Bolt. So look at guys with illustrious careers who have never actually ticked that off. So only Southie and Guptill have been there before. Um, And back when they won, I think it was in Melbourne and before that Perth, uh, there were guys like Ian O'Brien in the team. So that sort of shows you how long it's been since we last enjoyed that success. Absolutely. Um, but Cairns will be weird. You know, like there's only been a few games there and um, most, I think, two ODIs against Bangladesh years and years ago, almost 20 years ago. Um, and it kind of looks like it, it, it's good for both pace and spin. So I yeah, like the balance of our team. Yeah, you like I, the look I of uh, Finnellan really, at the top? A really good... Yes, I do. I love Finn Allen at the top. I think he's super exciting. He's like Gupta was when he first came into the scene as well, you know. But I think Michael Basel's been the really good pickup um, so far. He's slotted in really nicely. It's great to have a middle-order spin bowler and someone who can finish well at the death. So there's heaps going for this team, and, and I think this is the challenge that they, they really need. Who's your pick, Garth? Who's your, who's your black cap to shine on this trip? Uh, well, 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 you know, I've always sort of railed against Santner playing 24 tests for New Zealand, but he's the player who I think is the key. Um, you know, his, his, his one-day record is, is fantastic. 81 matches, he's taken 84 wickets and, and at an economy rate of 4.8. And against Australia, he's taken 15 wickets in 10 matches at 21. Uh, so for me, uh, that, that's my take. I think Santner will be, um, you know, he, he's an absolute key if New Zealand are to be competitive in the series. Well, there you go. You've heard it here first. You've heard it from two men in the know. Thank you so much, Mike Thorpe, Garth Galloway. Been outstanding to have you on the panel. It seems like we'll continue ringing you up, Garth. And, Mike, you might get on the return callers list as well. So thank you so much (laughs) for your time. Yeah, you too. Enjoy the footy tonight, everyone. It's a great day here in Christchurch. Get along if you can. Get the TV on. The Black Ferns, they play at 2.45 as well. So a day for the footy. Thanks for your company here on the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner.
For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.